Married for almost 54 years. Not without difficulty. Um, we, have a, we have three daughters, 11 grandchildren, and I think 14, or we'll have, we will have 13 great-grandchildren. So, um, I'm retired. <laughs> my, my, uh, we, we recently, John, you had nine kids in your family. I'm one of eight, good Catholic family, you know, back in those days, and we all got together, I say we all, all that we could got together at Myrtle Beach um, recently, and we grew up singing harmony. And so I loved this this morning, because I believe that God's choir is going to be harmonizing. There's going to be altos and baritones and, or baritones and tenors and whatever else you can imagine, and it's going to be awesome. But my sister said... Bernie, what, what, what have you done since you, uh, what are you doing since you retired? I, we retired six years ago. And I said, well, I, I, uh, I walk a lot, but uh, I, I'm a chaplain. I, I, I run our district chaplaincy program. Uh, and, and I'm also a state police chaplain, and I'm the, the coordinator for the northwestern part of our state with the state police. Uh, I coach and mentor pastors. God knows they need it, and so I spend a lot of time doing that, and I forget there's some other things I do, and she said, yeah, well, you failed, didn't you? <sighs> yeah, not really. So the question is, what story are you writing? What story are you writing? I, I love that you are kicking off this kingdom builders because it's always about building the kingdom, isn't it? Isn't it always about building the kingdom? How many are familiar with this verse? For I know the plans that I have you for you, saith the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster to give you a future and a hope. Isn't that an awesome verse? Isn't that just awesome? But you know that, that one of the things about this verse, and some people will tell you that the problem with this verse is it goes with this one. It goes with the whole context of verses 10 through 14. Jeremiah, this is what the Lord says, you will be in Babylon for 70 years. That was the nation of Israel was going to be in Babylon for 70 years. How many of you would like to be in despair and misery for 70 years? I know some of your history, and I know that you've had some struggles over the years, and you may feel like it's been 70 years. Is that true? Am I right? But God said, in the midst of that, he said, but then I will come and do for you all the good things that I have promised, and I will bring you home. And then we see... For I know the plans that I have for you, saith the Lord. They are plans of good and not for disaster to give you a future and a hope. In those days when you pray, I will what? Listen. If you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me. I will be found by you, says the Lord. I will end your captivity and restore your fortunes and I will gather you out 
of the nations where I have sent you. Oh, God sent them. Oh, God sent them? Huh. And I'll bring you home again to your own land. Let's pray. Father, help us to unpack this today in a way that changes us from the inside out. Help us to do so in a manner that <clears throat> that it that we use our story of how you have blessed us and guided us and directed us and used us for your purpose and your plans. In Jesus' name, amen. How many of you shop online? Over half of you admit to it. But seriously, I was thinking about that this morning, and, and, and we shop online, but how many of you, before you ever buy anything, read the reviews? Why? The reason you read the reviews is you want to know the story of the buyers previously. And if they have a good story, you are more apt to buy the product. Correct? Simon Simic wrote a book. By the way, your pastor got this hair look from me. (laughs) Just so you know, I am an influence. Simon Simic wrote a book called Start With Why. It's an awesome book. It's not a Christian book, but it's an awesome book. And I would really encourage leadership to read it. You see, when you go online on Amazon and you look at a product, you're looking at what? But before you buy what, you want to know why. And so you read the reviews because that's the why. It works that way. What does it matter? Why does? <clears throat> and so when I think about this, and I think about it within the context of the church, I think of, of not what, but why. Throughout the scriptures, throughout the scriptures, God's plan intersects with the lives of people. Because God is trying to accomplish something through you and I and through us as a body. Remember when we looked at this verse, I got it right. When we looked at this, God, we look at part of it and say, God has a plan for me and I am so grateful. But God has a plan for you all. God has a plan for his church for his body of believers. And it extends not only to you, but to your neighbor next to you and the one behind you. Why? Because God's plan intersects the lives of people and corporately he wants to do something with us. And that's so important to remember. My wife and I are a team. We work together. Sometimes not well. Well, we keep trying. So the question is, the question then, does he have a plan for you? And if so, where do you fit into it? Where do you fit in to the plan? I've been, I've been working on this subject for a while, for several months, because, because 
you know, I mean, part of it was it started with this Simon Simic, and I was in a leadership conference, and the guy just, for a 15-minute blurb, talked about Simon Simic and start with why. How many of you know what a, what a uh, Zen MP3 player is? Anybody? How many know what an iPod is? Zen MP3 players came out the same time as iPods came out. Same time. And and Zen MP3 players said, five gigabytes of music. Apple came out with an iPod and said, a thousand songs in your pocket. Which one sold? Why? Because Apple told you why. Why you needed the what? And they sold off the shelf. And they're still selling. Which is the better product? Some believe that the, 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 the 5 gigabyte, the, uh, the other one, was the better product. But you see, it didn't sell because it was better. It sold because why was better. And so that, that really inspired me. Because as a pastor, I, I've sat in meetings and going... You know, our giving is down. What are we going to do? Our attendance is down. What are we going to do? Our Sunday school is down. What are we going to do? And I realize it's not about what. It's about why. It's about why. And, 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 and if God has a plan for me, where do I fit into it? So a couple of weeks ago, we're talking about this and we get done... And my wife and I get in the car and she turns to me and she said, you know how you've talked about slowing down and getting rid of chaplaincy and some of the other stuff? I said, yeah, isn't that sail my boat more and all that? She goes, I don't think you're supposed to do it. Are you kidding me? (coughs) She said, honey, I don't think God's, God's plan isn't done with you yet. Well, I've since sold a sailboat. I only have one left. I mean, after all, how many can you sail? I I sold my favorite one, too, to a guy in Massachusetts. Oh, well. Look at this in Genesis. By the way, you need to understand that as I'm talking, suddenly, squirrel! And I I just go there, right? So it's okay. Tim and I... You got to know this. You, you, you'll, you'll love this. Tim and I are so different. Can you pick up on that? <laughs> Your pastor and I co-led a coaching group with pastors. Poor, poor Tim. He couldn't take it with me because I would just squirrel and I'm off, you know. And he is on target, on subject. He has got an agenda. I don't have an agenda. I'm just having a good time. <laughs> and so, so we love each other. And it, don't get me wrong. I mean, we do. We really like each other. But it is so funny because the, the guys would go, let him go, Tim. He's, you know, he'll, just, he'll come back. He'll, he'll, he'll come back. But, but look, at, look at Genesis chapter 1. God said, let us make human beings in our, what? Our image to be like us. God's plan for you is to be in the image of God, to be like God, to reflect Him. 
to reflect his purpose, to reflect his joy, to respect his, uh, reflect his love, his patience. Oh, patience. No, no, wait a minute. But you see, God created us in his image to be like him, to be like the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. That's who you've been created to be like. That's part of God's plan and purpose for you, to be like God. Not to be God, but to be like God. You see, you're created with purpose. Right from the very day of your conception. You have been created with purpose and you have an enemy that's going to try to keep it from happening corporately and individually. I mean, think about this. I have a purpose, but then she has a purpose. Oh, this is my wife, by the way. I'm not going to someone else. And... We corporately have a purpose. And as a family, we have a purpose. Do you get my point? It is not just about a couple. It's about all of us collectively have a purpose and a plan. Kingdom builders are about building what? The kingdom of God. The kingdom of God. My wife said to me this morning, she goes, do you have your water? Yes. Do you have your handkerchief? Yes. Do you have cough drops? Yes. You know where I'd be without her? With no water, no cough drops, and no handkerchief. You know why? Because because my nose runs when I preach, and my throat gets crazy, and... But God has... God has created us uh, for a purpose. Now, I don't know if you've even thought about that. I hope you have. But, but what is that purpose? I can tell you that, that the purpose is not always singular in nature. It can be, but it's not always singular in nature. How do I know that? If I look back over my life... I look at different times and different things that I've done and I've thought, this is it, God. I am doing what you want me to do. Hallelujah, I am there. And then suddenly God changes something and I'm doing something else. And I went, well, that was great, but this is even better. And that's okay. You know, some of you may say, well, that's stages of life. But God has purposed for us. Look at Saul. When Samuel saw Saul, Saul... The Lord said, that's the man I told you about. He will rule my people. God called Saul for a specific purpose. Did that mean everything he had done beforehand hadn't mattered? No, it was preparing him for that purpose. Now, the the sad thing is you can read about Saul and you know he didn't finish well. He didn't finish well. Why? Because sometimes we can go get so enamored, enamored with the purpose that we forget about the one that put us there. You don't get there because you're great. You get there because he's great. 
the church that I'm a part of, it's not an alliance church. The senior pastor of that church, it's a large church, a couple, 1,500 or so or more. I don't know what it is now. But the senior pastor of that church said to me, Bernie, the greatest problem that we have had is not getting people in through the doors. It's creating disciples. You hear that? It's not about getting people through the door. That's not the problem. The problem we've had is creating disciples. And he said, if, if I have one regret, that's my regret. And, and trust me, they work at it. They work at it. That was a squirrel, by the way. Just, just keeping track. That's what that was. How about David? How about David? Samuel said, why ask me since the Lord has left you and become your enemy? Remember, now he's, Saul, Samuel's talking to Saul at this point. And then he says, the Lord has done just as he said he would. He has torn the kingdom from you and given it to your rival, David. See, God had a plan for Samuel. And Samuel was doing okay for a while. And then he got carried away. Saul. My, my wife gave me a cue that I just said the wrong word. <clears throat> Saul got carried away and he gave it to David. But you know what I meant. And David, you know the story about David. David was a great king. Not. He messed up. He was a terrible dad. Terrible husband. He was a murderer. And yet God said about David, he was a man after his own heart. Why? Because David kept coming back to center. I believe that's the saving grace for him. Even though he strayed from the plan of God, he kept coming back to center. How about the disciples? One day as Jesus was walking along the shore of the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon and also called Peter and Andrew, throwing a net into the water. For they were fishing. They fished for a living. And Jesus called out to them, Come follow me and I will show you how to fish for people. You see, God had a purpose for these men. They thought it was about fishing. Jesus said, no, it's not about that kind of fishing. I've got something greater for you. But you must come and follow me. Come and follow me. And they left their nets at once and followed him. And a little further up the shore, he saw two other brothers, John's, James and John, sitting in the boat with their father, Zebedee, repairing their nets. And he called out to them too. And they immediately, what? Followed him. Do you realize that if they had known where that following was going to lead them, they might not have gone? I mean, I can imagine it would be like, oh, cool, man, this, this dude's something. This is going to be fun. I mean, did you hear about this guy? He's doing all these crazy things, you know? Yeah. Uh, Peter had no idea what was going to hop happen in the Garden of Gethsemane. Peter had no idea about what was to come. You see, God calls us individually. But he also calls us corporately. Look at Jerusalem. For the Lord has chosen Zion. His desired, he has desired it for his dwelling place. God chose a place. God chose a place. Do you believe that God has chosen 
Oil City Alliance Church for a purpose? I do. I do. I, I really do. And I believe that, that, that his purpose is about his kingdom, about him and his glory rather than you, rather than me. The prophet Joel says, So you shall know that I am the Lord your God dwelling in Zion, my holy mountain. Then Jerusalem shall be holy. Not everyone will understand your journey. It's okay. It's not their journey. It's not their journey to make sense of. It's yours. Where God is leading you as individuals and where he's leading you as a corporate body is not anyone else's business but between you and God. Did you know that? And sometimes we, we do, we, we, we rely on the, on the input of others and what the other people think about us. And Not everyone's going to understand it. And sometimes even in leadership, in leadership, sometimes it's difficult because not everyone understands why we're doing what we're doing. How do I know that's true? Well, the way that I know that's true is I look at the disciples and Jesus because Jesus was doing things that his disciples said, you're nuts, Lord. Surely that's not going to happen. You know that. If you've read the scriptures, you know that when Jesus was talking about his his. Uh, crucifixion oh no never 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 they didn't understand the journey that was before them they didn't understand the journey that was before Christ but it was part of the plan it was part of the purpose from the beginning of time God had planned it (coughs) so here's the question What is the story of my life really reflecting? What is the story it's telling? Corporately and individually, but most importantly, I'm looking at the idea of individually. In your work environment, what story is being portrayed about who you are? In your home life, what story is being portrayed? What story is being reflected? What story are you telling? Is it the one you want to tell? You're awful quiet. See, the question is, is it the story you want to tell? I said earlier that, you know, how long we've been married, and and I said, but it, it hasn't been without its rough points. 25 years ago or thereabouts, we were separated. She was in one state, and I was in another state. And I don't mean of confusion. And I was in a church service. And I was singing a song. Yes, Lord, yes, Lord, to your will and to your way. I'll say yes, Lord. And the Lord said, will you? What? He said, well, your mouth is saying that you will do what I ask. I'm asking, are you willing? You see, the story I was reflecting by my actions was not the story my, word, my mouth was saying. They were not congruent. They were not the same. I was going that way while my life was going the other. 
in essence, what the, what the Lord said to me, what is, what, what, what's the story of your life really reflecting, Bernie? Because what your mouth is saying, that you want to reflect a different story. So what's it going to be? In those moments, you just go, Lord, you've got to be kidding me. But you see, there's, if you're going to follow God, there's no options. There's no options. And I, and, and, and I don't know about you, but this is, my, this is me. Can you see that? How many have ever seen this cartoon, this family circus cartoon? You know, run, Billy, run. There's a mail. Get the mail out to the mailbox. It needs to be sent out today. Billy goes all over. I mean, everything catches his eye. There's more squirrels running through his house than most forests. And the problem is, is that by the time he gets to the mailbox, it's gone. The mailman has been and gone. I don't know about you, but I like this because this is like me. Can you identify with this thing? Yeah. Do you beat yourself up because of it? I think we do sometimes. And, and I think God says, that, don't worry about it. I love you the way you are. It's okay. It's okay. Give yourself permission to be who you are. That's what I hate about our society today, it's, it's like, can you imagine what I was like in third grade? Oh. How many of you are teachers in here? Oh, you're a teacher, poor guy. You, would you have wanted me in your class? No. We used to hang s- s- uh, 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 notes out the second floor window down to the first floor. Help, I'm a prisoner upstairs. You know? <laughs> We bought. We used to buy these. They were little round cellof- or uh, aluminum foiled things, and when you throw them down, they'd explode. I don't know what they were called, but we bought them. They were. They. In, this is back in the f- late fifties, I guess. And we bought them. My brother and I were buying them for five cents a pack and selling them for twenty-five in school. And they they'd throw them out the second floor window onto the sidewalk, and sometimes they wouldn't explode. And poor Miss Schumann, the kindergarten teacher, she would be coming down the sidewalk with her little kids. Pop, pop, bang, boom. I got called into the office and the state trooper was there. Yeah, well, don't, you know. I mean, that was, I'm not, I haven't changed. Okay, I haven't changed. Hi, my name's Bernie, and I have ADHD. So what? Love it. Use it. God made you unique. Don't try to force you into some mode that look like someone else. I am what you get. And if you don't, well, never mind. But you see, it's part of your story. It's part of your story. I'm going to share with you. I got an email this week from a girl named Kathy. And this is what Kathy says. She goes, I wanted to share how God is using my story to speak to others. If I get a little choked up with this, it's because this is what it's about. 
She says, I have a neighbor who attends a church, but she doesn't quite believe in God. You didn't know that people attend church that don't believe in God. I was telling John, I'm sorry, I'm just going on a squirrel. I was telling John, a friend of mine that pastors an Alliance Church, and he's a gamer of some kind. He plays this game, uh, and he plays it with people in, in um, there's a guy in Scotland, and people in, in other states and stuff. Well, a couple came and said, hey, Don, we're going to be in the area. Can we come and visit? And so they came, and they spent the night at his house on a Saturday and Sunday. They came to church the next Sunday. And my my friend is really trying to revamp what they're doing and trying to reach their community. And one of the things they they've done is they've cut their music down to four songs. And they've gotten pushback. So this couple come to the church, and afterwards, my friend says, "So tell me what you're thinking. What what what's your impression? Oh, you you do a lot of music." Do four songs. You do a lot of music. Well, it turns out the woman is a Wiccan and the guy is a warlord. And they came to church. And, and, and my friend got to minister to them and, and they're still friends. They're still friends. Because what has my friend been doing? He's been sharing his story, playing this game. So she goes on, Kathy goes on, and says she has a, a son a few years younger than my youngest. And we have been hanging out together since school started. We've had some conversations about spiritual things, but mostly we talk about regular stuff. And remember that. We've had some spiritual conversations, but mostly it's just regular stuff. About three months ago, her husband broke and fell and broke his foot. And my neighbor, she works full time. And I've had the opportunity to get her son off the bus. It's a tiny little small thing that I do. He rides the same bus as my my daughter's. However, it is huge for her because her mother doesn't have to do the 40-mile one-way drive to get him off the bus. Her son is a little awkward, but my girls are are used to it. And they play play well with him. This has given me the opportunity for her to trust me with some of her story. She has mentioned that she feels uncomfortable and that she has not been able to reciprocate help as much as she would like. And I explained to her the years that I was in an abusive marriage, barely surviving as people poured their lives into me. I wanted to be discipled. I wanted to disciple others. And I wanted to share God's love with people, but I couldn't. I had no strength, and he wasn't ready for me to do that. He was preparing me, and I couldn't do his work until the preparations were complete. All the pieces had to fit together. I was married to a mentally ill and abusive husband so that now I can show compassion to my neighbor with a mentally ill husband. I was placed in a position of helplessness and need so that I could reassure her that it's okay if she can, if she, when she needs to receive help and need. I want her to know that God doesn't keep track of it, and neither do I. I had, to, I had a, an autistic child to go through and go through the pain and isolation of a family that still insists that there's nothing wrong 
with my son. And so I gave my daughter's friend hope for the three-year-old that she must literally chase every moment of every day. She must worry about his escaping, and he has no diagnosis, but she feels that something is really terribly wrong. I've had the opportunity to live with an emotionally distant mother so that I can understand and be compassionate to a friend who has been estranged from her mother for years. Do you get what she's saying? She's using her story to minister to people of like stories with hope. In each of these situations and a few others, I am at... I, have had, I am at the fun, satisfying part. All of these things are possible because God was giving me a wonderful life. My story isn't over. I remember the really hard, frustrating times when I couldn't understand what I was going through and why it was going so wrong. And when I felt so guilty that I wasn't doing all the stuff that I was supposed to do, like reading my Bible and witnessing to my neighbors. But God had a plan and just needed me to trust Him in the process. You see, what I want you to go home with today is that God has a plan and He wants, God has a story and He wants to use your story in the building of His kingdom. Why? Because there is someone else out there, at least one, who has your story and they need to know how you got through it or are still going through it. So how do you get there? How do you get there? By the way, will I be stoned if I finish early? No stonings here? I think it's great you give me 45 minutes. I can't watch a TV program for 45 minutes. That's why I have squirrels run through my head. It's for commercial breaks, you know, or something. I don't know. But, so, but seriously, how do you know? How do you know what to do with your story? You see, you don't know that, that maybe that day when you're walking into Walmart that that person behind you needs to hear your story. Maybe it's your story of cancer. Maybe it's your story of divorce. Maybe it's your story of of a loss of a child. And God has placed them there for you to talk to them. Now, I talk to everybody. I'm pretty good at it. But I wasn't always good at it. So how do you know? How do you know? Look, show me the right path. This is the prayer. Show me the right path, O Lord. Point out the road for me to follow. Lord, you and I are going into Walmart today. Show me the path and the right road to follow. Which checkout line to get into? Where to go? We have a friend. Her name is Lisa. She goes to Walmart. It's a, for a milk and bread. And she, three hours later, she's coming out. And you can, may find her in, on the floor in the toy section praying with someone. I walked into Walmart one time. I, I write. That's another thing I do. And I write a weekly thing that's published. And I was looking for a padlock. And I asked the girl in that department, I said, I'm looking for padlocks. I couldn't find them. 
They were on the bottom shelf. And I'm short, but I still couldn't see it. And so she reached down and grabbed me one. And I said, oh, thank you. I said, by the way, do you read my article? She goes, what article is that? I said, oh, it's in the paper every Friday, the local paper. I said, this week I wrote about about the things we do to make us happy that turn out to make us the most unhappiest people in the world. And she started to cry and she said, who sent you to talk to me? I said, God. She had left her husband for another man thinking it was going to be the answer to all of her problems. It wasn't. Those problems just began. And she was a mess. And that led to coming for counseling and her and her husband reconciling and all sorts of stuff. You see, all I did was just open my mouth. I don't even know why I said what I said. It just came out. But you see, this prayer is what you have to be praying all the time. Show me the path, Lord, the right path. Point out the road for me to follow. The 30th of this month, what was that, Wednesday or Thursday? Doesn't matter. My wife hopped, and I hopped in the car, drove all the way down to Indiana, Pennsylvania to do a wedding. I walk into the Hilton Garden Inn and I said, hi. She goes, you checking in? I said, no, I'm here for a wedding. Really? Wedding? Today? I said, yeah, that's, I, I'm pretty sure that's what I had. And so I get out my, I said, let me check. Get out my iPhone. I said, yeah, right here, Hilton Inn. And then I looked at another spot that I had and it said June 30th. I said, I guess I was just on a reconnaissance mission here. I, I'm coming back next month. <laughs> she goes, are you, are you doing Seth's wedding? Yeah, you know Seth? Yeah, that's my boy, my fiance's brother. <laughs> and so guess what? I just made a connection. I called Seth and I said, hey, Seth, just doing a reconnaissance mission. I made it here in time and... I'll be back next month. (laughs) But it's part of the story, you see. How many feel good about my mistake? Because you make them too, right? Right? Isn't that? You make them too. I mean, we all do it. So use them. Because sometimes we feel like such a fool. And we beat ourselves up. No, God says use it. Use it for His glory. Use it for building His kingdom. Because there are people out there that need to hear your story. The building of His kingdom was about storytelling. And let me just close with this. Remember, John was a little confused, you know. And he sent his disciples and he said... Go talk to this Jesus and let's make sure it's who it's supposed to be. And Jesus sent back, tell John that the lame walk, the blind see, the deaf hear, the dead are raised from the, get, from the dead, and the captives are set free. What did Jesus do? He said, go back and tell the story. Go back and tell the story of what's been happening. You see, when you go out there to make disciples, all they want to hear is your story. 
They're not interested in church, but they're interested in the story of how God is working in your life. I once was lost, but now I'm found. Worship team, would you come back and lead us? Because you see, God has a purpose and a plan for you and Oil City Alliance Church. It's not about you, though. It's about His kingdom. But He needs you to accomplish it. He needs you to intervene and talk to that person. And you know what? Sometimes it feels awkward. It's okay. I don't think going to the cross felt good. It's okay. But God wants to use you in a way that I can't be used or John can't be used or our worship leader can't be used. Why? Because your story is unique and God has a plan for it. Worship team.